0: five inch shorts and no shoes that's how to do it you can't see our feet gen z in the corner
1: i was grounding was that what you were doing i'm sorry i was trying to ground and (laughs) meditate following your gut like if something smells wrong like bullshit like there's something that doesn't add up typically your gut is right
2: there was one billionaire there the number one takeaway i got from this guy is that he doesn't give a fuck
0: it either produces for him or it doesn't Today's episode is uh, sponsored by Tino's Feet, and he's got no (laughs) shoes on. Costa has no shoes on either. You guys
2: are just two peas in a pod over there. Five inch shorts
0: and no shoes. That's how to do it. Gen Z in the corner. I was
1: grounding. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I was trying to ground and meditate. (laughs) Was that (laughs) what you were doing? You were grounding? Yeah.
0: Is it possible to tan the bottom of your feet? That's
3: what we were talking about before the episode started. <laughs> Maybe if you walk on like pavement.
1: See, the difference is Angela will like, say he journals, but I'll actually journal, actually oh, meditate. Yeah. I'll actually I'm talking drown.
3: about
0: the fact that the bottom of your feet are tanned from being <laughs> horizontal so much. And journaled this morning. I did. Five-minute journal. Three. Day three, yeah. I've
1: been trying to do no, this shit for a year a and
0: a half. It's not an easy thing to do. Did you actually do the five-minute journal this morning? I did it, yeah. And it was, you know, I, I got through it. I felt pretty good after. But, you know, I got to get in, like, the rhythm and do it, like, you know, you daily. Need rhythm. You need rhythm. Yeah, big time. Yeah. So, today we're going to do a little Q&A. Is that what's happening? Yes. The listeners sent in some
3: questions. We get some good ones? Well, I think we got some pretty good questions today. All right, let's do it. All right. Question number one. What is the biggest challenge you personally have as an entrepreneur? Who's going to start? Thank you. Me?
0: All right. So, for me... My biggest challenge is when it comes to dealing with like personnel with uh, with employees is knowing when, how to look at things black and white, knowing when to make the decision to move on, knowing when, you know, you know, it, it, not just employees, like just a, a thing in general. Like if you have like a line of business or something that you're doing that is not working, but you're trying to see the gray in it all the time, like you got to be, I don't want to say heartless, but you have to be. Or, you know, you have to be really black and white when you look at situations and not look so much in the gray all the time. And I feel like I'm always, uh, you know, I'm always looking in the gray at things and trying to like justify why something isn't working or why this person isn't. If we do a little bit more with them, like how to make it work, instead of just, you know, when you know for sure in your gut that it's not the right thing and not the right person for the job, that's not pulling the company forward, just to know when to cut bait. So that, that I think is the hardest thing in entrepreneurship. And I know a lot of people who, you know, who have made it like a, like a, a really good distance in a really good place. And I see one of their, their biggest qualities, like their superpower is knowing when to make that decision and making it, you know, with, with their side of the street clean, like that. It's not like this, these people screw anybody. They're just doing it for the, for the, what's good for the business, you know, and they're making that decision quickly, swiftly and with confidence, you know, rather than second guessing yourself all the time. So that's, to me, that's one of the hardest things because when you're dealing with people, like emotions get involved and, and all that. So
2: it's hard yeah. to keep emotions separate. It really is. No, it really is. You re- grow you grow with people, you start to become friendly. Yeah. Then the line gets blurred and you start making excuses for everyone.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So that that's why when people say like entrepreneurship isn't for the faint of heart, like that's one of the reasons why. It's not just, you know, selling product that that's difficult. It's dealing with people and, and making difficult decisions all the time.
1: All right. I think I take things too personally. Like, like if someone does me wrong in business, like, oh, business is business. For me, it's like a fuck you. Like I take it very personally, which is not a, a right thing to do. Like if somebody screws you because it's a benefit of them and it's for their own agenda, like, okay, it is what it is. That is business. For me, like I take that very personally. I think me and dad have that in common. Uh, so that's one of my personal probably biggest yeah, I mean, business it's, it's, tough, it's the
2: same idea. It goes back yeah, yeah. to the no, same thing. Like
0: Instead of taking things personal and taking things to heart, it's, it's you know, it's black and white, you yeah. know, business decision, you know?
2: Right. When I went to the first mastermind that I ever went to a couple of years ago, there was one billionaire there. And when I came back, I, me- I don't remember which one of you guys I was talking to, but I was like, the number one takeaway I got from this guy is that he doesn't give a fuck. It either produces for him or it doesn't. Right. Like, Remember I told you he sold like fucking 500 houses or something. He just decided it was time to sell like no personal attachment. Not like, oh, I love this house. That one I have like a personal attachment. like, if it's not producing income for him, it's out. Right. Or if that. he
0: thinks he maximized the value out of it, it's like gone. it's not going to go anymore. Like there's zero personal attachment.
1: To I, it. I think that also has to do with their guardrails. Like if the, if they know like it to that guy's point, right? He's, he's probably has something in his head where if they're not producing a certain amount for him at that moment, in his head, his formula is like: I need to sell all of them, move that money to here, and then level up that. Like everything is very he did have a linear and so his uniform. whole
2: thing. He was playing a big macro game. Like he buys real estate, single family homes, and when he thinks the he tries to time up the market. When he thinks the market's gonna crash, he sells high and he lends money. When the market's down, he's lending money. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Then he'll rebuy real and estate, and, and it's so he tries to time up the it's cycle. It's so that's that's not simple, easy dude.
1: But it's simple, like, the idea behind a lot of the billionaires that I know are, like, high-worth individuals. They just have a very simple process, and they just become an expert at it. Like like he said, it sounds easy. Mm -hmm. You sell high. When the markets dip, I'm going to lend my money out. When it's time to buy again, I buy. Sounds simple. He just just does it at a high level. It's
0: knowing when to pull the trigger on it, you know, knowing when to make that move.
2: So what what have you done to like, I could think of some things, but just to start the conversation to try and combat yourself from being too emotional with people. Like, how do you evaluate a situation now versus when you had struggled with it?
0: So when I try to look at something now, it's like, do I know in my gut that this person isn't isn't doing the job 100 percent? Like isn't able to isn't able isn't benefiting the company, isn't pulling the company forward. If the answer is no, then it's time to move on. Right. No.
2: Right. Do you want it know, timely I kind of reviews. It? You know, like we've done that a lot recently. It's like, okay, in three months, you know, even like the insurance thing, in three months, let's look back. If it hasn't progressed, we're out. Right. Doesn't matter what the fucking circumstances are around, you could justify all the outside little factors, but is it is it doing what we wanted it to do or is it not?
1: Right. You know what I think that helps make the hard decisions like like if you're a fire someone that you really like, let's just say for example, and you know that person's not doing good for the family or doing good for the business, and you keep, like, pushing it along, pushing it back, it's only comes to a point where, is it my family or his?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, like, I need to put food on my table. Right. You know, so it's, like, maybe putting that into perspective of, like, it's either my kids or Lucho's kids or someone else's, and I'm going to pick mine 10 times out of 10.
0: Yeah.
2: Usually it benefits the other person, too, when it's time to go. Like, if somebody's not succeeding in a certain role, like, there's other jobs out there, like pe- right. people and they may, find their own way. And at
0: the moment, they might be emotional and upset with you that you decided to to move on. But I think if you make the right decision, what's best for the company, if that they're not succeeding, they're not doing good in that role, when they look back on it, they'll be thankful that you made that decision for them. You know, because maybe they didn't see it at the time, but you know uh time has a has a way of like you know you're able to see like back and, right. and there's clarity on what happened in that situation when you're not in the moment and people will probably be thankful like you know thank you for for recognizing that and, yeah. and this wasn't what i was good at this wasn't what i was meant to do i was meant right. to do something else and because you let me go you know even though i didn't think it was time but you know you let me go and it was it allowed me to pursue something else that they might be successful at
2: right there's never a good time to do it. That's another thing. Like you're always justifying time and season is right now, the right time, or we should wait a couple months and then do it. And then we can find the sooner, the better, like there's, there's never a bad time to cut dead weight. Yeah. There's really not like you'll, you'll, the sooner you cut it out, the, the sooner you give room for the new good things to come in.
0: Exactly. Yeah. But bottom line is, you know, entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. You know, you got to be able to make tough decisions at tough times and you got to follow your gut sometimes and, Follow it and then do it. Don't fucking justify. Don't try to like hedge your bets. Just make a move and go and right. Move forward That's, right or wrong. It doesn't exactly. matter. Exactly. Well, what if it was a right decision, the wrong decision? In- you de- made a decision.
1: Indecision is is I think is worse than making the wrong right. decision. Right.
2: Hundred percent. Hundred
0: percent. And it, it leads to stress, anxiety. Like yeah. you're just all of it. it shit piles up on right. you. Like you just have a million things that you got to work through right. because you haven't made clear clear uh, decisions and directions <laughs> on everything leading up. I think that is Dude. that's a definitely a difficult thing when it comes to entrepreneurship. 100%. Yeah,
2: action cures all. That's a fact.
0: That's a fact. That, there's no better feeling than when you take action and you like take re- take control of a situation. It's the minute you start producing every day again and like you have your finger on the pulse and you're and you're in control over the situation, all of a sudden you start feeling better mentally. Right,
2: right. Even if what you did wasn't that productive,
0: right? But
2: you still even, you know, for like a small example, like you cleaned your room. You are you are you're building momentum,
0: you mm-hmm. know? You feel good that
2: you did it. Right, exactly. Even though someone else could have done it for you, but
0: instead of walking by and seeing the room a fucking mess every day and you're like getting pissed that it's a right. mess. You yeah. Know? Like doing something
3: about it is huge. So I have a follow-up question to that too though. Have you ever had a, a situation where you regretted letting go of someone? That's a good question.
1: I think I might have one for you guys. Ooh. Uh Well, there's there a chef at uh, Beverly, who you guys said it was like the best chef of all time, but you guys fired him because of that one thing, which he deserved to get scolded for. Yeah.
0: And yeah. that ruined my fucking summer. Yes. <laughs> where I had to work what fucking seven days a week four yeah. of my friend's what weddings. The hell was that guy? I know his name. We want to say it.
1: Starts with a V. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was an unbelievable chef, and uh, he did. He was great. Like he created the whole menu. Like he taught me a lot. I worked next to him every day in the kitchen. I learned probably more from him than anybody.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. And there was some other things that were happening along the way too. It wasn't just that one thing, but basically what the story was. Quick was uh it was a Monday night. The, a big group of fifteen people came in at. Eight forty-five. Which they, in
1: Beverly, that's a big deal. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like you know, it's, we close right. at nine. Kitchen closed at nine for context. So people came in at eight forty-five. They ordered apps. Then they went to order dinner at like nine fifteen, and he said kitchen's closed and, and refused to order, and refused to make the entrees. So one of those people in that group, it got back to me somehow, and then the next day we let him go for that reason. But he was unbelievable, and
2: I think that's a good decision. No, I. It, the other it, side of the coin is. Well, did he, you know, you start putting it on yourself and rationalizing. Well, did he, does he know what the hours are? Does he, you know, did we make that clear that Were the expectations set? But yeah. it's like, dude, some things, it's a fucking character thing. Yeah, it is. If you don't know that, that you don't cut a fucking table off halfway through, then it's, right. it's your problem.
0: I regretted it in the short term because I literally had to work seven days a week for that entire fucking, for like four that months. That always
2: plays a factor in making big decisions. Yeah,
0: that sucked, but... But it was gonna it's something like that was gonna happen sooner or later. So it was just we just cut you know, the it we just cut bait and fucking figured it out. Other than that, out. if
1: you really think about it, I don't think
0: there was one, one manager that we had that that lady, <laughs> remember that lady that oh, I was the, I, that, I fired her against my will. The I army, the army yeah. girl, like the No, I don't know. She was I thought she was good. She was really strong, like she was really like like hard on everybody. I didn't want to let her go, but you know problem was the,
2: the problem was this the staff was revolting against her it was literally either this girl or the entire staff
0: yeah that's what i was looking but
2: like. that girl probably could have rebuilt the entire staff exactly and we could probably be further along than we are now exactly like it was, the, it was she was that powerful like she was strong
0: yeah alpha and um you know she was experienced you know like she this was before we were, like, ready to hire experienced people.
2: It was, it was. We
0: were, we, at this point in our careers, it was, like, this was, like, probably 10 years ago. Right, it was we, our first
2: restaurant still. Yeah,
0: we were still trying to, like, do everything, like, our way. And we didn't want to hear what other people said, like, that came in with experience. We just wanted bodies to, like, take shifts, right? Not, like, actually hear what they had to say about how to run things. Um. But I, I wanted to kind of go that way with it. I was like, fuck it. If all these people want to leave, like, w- the things that she's trying to do were, like, what was best. I remember one thing was, like, yeah, the bartender not taking the high tops. Like, there was, like, a person right. on the high tops, and the bartender wanted to right. It was to the right decision. It was, like, some bullshit like that. It ended up, it was the right the right decisions that she was making. She was just doing it very, like, um, right. strongly. And, um, you know, and then basically we had to let her go. And um, But even when we let her go, I was like, I like she could tell yeah. I didn't want to let her. But go that's the, the right decision
2: too. In hindsight, if you don't have the people skills to be able to manage that situation, yeah, like you, you got to have a little bit of finesse too. That's a big part of the job, yeah. you know.
0: Exactly. Other than that, though, I off the top of my head, I can't think of anybody. It's all. Yeah. O- it always ends up, you know. Working it's usually
2: out. six months or a year overdue. It's like a huge relief when it's that's done. our yeah. biggest
0: problem. It's yeah. at
1: least six months. Well, right. that's
0: that's where it comes down to, like knowing when to make the to make that decision right. and, and executing on it and not waiting and not letting it fester and more shit build up and then it becomes harder. Setting
2: boundaries. You know, we're bringing in another huge position right now and it's literally three months on the dot. We're going to sit down. We're going to measure the things that we talked about in the beginning and we're going to see where they're at. And it's either going to go one way or another. Mm -hmm. Three months is the new, it's the new mass.
0: Right. Exactly.
2: Three months is it. If you're not moving the needle in three months, you're out. Right. And you have what you need. We, We did our, our part of the job, you know?
3: Yeah. All right. What's next? Question number two. What are some lessons you've learned from bad business deals?
1: Where do you go? Tina, I can take
3: I've, I've this one away. Nice, I passionate I about really this nice.
1: one. I made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> um, Probably following your gut. Like and if something smells wrong, like if it smells like bullshit, like there's something that doesn't add up, whether it's too good to be true or like, ooh, this guy says he's one thing, but he acts this way. And everyone seems to like him, but there's just something a little off. Typically, your gut is right. And don't do business with that person. Um, you're safer to not do business with that person than to do business with that person. So I don't know. I've, I've made a lot of mistakes with bad judgment calls. And my gut was always right. But like I, I got lost in the references of that person. Or I got lost in the flashiness of what that guy, you know, seemed to have success or claimed to be success. But when you really peeled back the onions years later, it was fucking bullshit. And your intuition was right.
0: Yeah. I get a simple rule. If it seems too good to be true, it is. You know, if the returns that are being promised are too high, then it's probably not going to come back to you at all. And if you don't fully understand what you're investing in, don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, You know, like there's a few of them, you know, that I don't really understand like what's happening, like how the money is being made and how how those returns are possible. And it's coming to find out that it, it's not a real thing, you know? So you have to fully understand what you're investing into. I actually watched an interview somewhere, like recently, about a a guy who worked at Citibank who invested $150 million of the bank's money into, um, oh, God, who's that? Sam Bankman-Fried, what's it called? FTX. FTX. So he actually just said in this thing, he said, I learned a lot of lessons from that. So they lost all, all that money. Uh, if you don't fully understand it, don't don't make the investment. Yeah,
2: no one understands what they're investing. Exactly,
0: in. <laughs> and he the only reason they did it. He literally said to the owner of the bank, he said, before they made the investment, he said, "I don't fully understand what what this is, but this is the list of investors that are in, and it was all these huge names, you know, like these really smart, yeah, billionaire, millionaire that's guys. What, that's what got us. So on the table. he was like, "What am what am I missing here? Like, so basically, he went in because everyone else was in, you know that was like the thing that pushed him over the edge. The owner of the bank said, I don't know. You make the decision. And the guy said, all right, he went with it because and what pushed him over the edge was all these other people in it. So he said two things. One, if you don't fully understand it, don't do it. And number two, don't do it just because everyone else is doing it because everyone else is probably getting fooled the same way. You You have to fully understand, but
2: what's at the core of all those bad deals. It's the shiny coin.
0: Yeah. And don't chase the shiny coin, the
2: shiny coin. Like it's, oh, this is going to return 20% a month. But when you start to think, what if that actually happens? You know, that 100000 could be a million right in 14 that months. That fucks you up. Right? And you start, to, you start to fucking fantasize about that. Right. Like, wow, some easy money? Right. The universe doesn't fucking allow it. Well, because exactly.
1: hardworking people get really like awed to that because they're like, wow, I worked all year to make 200. Mm-hmm. I could just put that 200, make that in, in no work, make a fucking million. Right. Whoa. You know, like that's, that's why it becomes so fucking the attractive. That's oh yeah, the dude. It's
0: uh, human nature takes over. Like greed takes over or whatever you call it. Like fear of missing out all, all those things take over, but that's where you got, you know, you got to get, have discipline. So that's very, very difficult to do. And also the people who are running it, like whoever's bringing you this investment you have to truly, truly trust them and truly vet what they're doing. I've been seeing so many things coming out right now about like Ponzi schemes and fucking fraud. you see that guy like DJ Envy, whatever the fuck that guy is. I don't know who he is, but him and another guy, they were doing like, you know, uh, like talks all around the country. And, you know, they were doing real estate investment deals. I guess the whole thing was a Ponzi scam, the entire thing. And again, what they do is they put off flash. They make like, look what I look what I'm doing. Obviously it's working. And they do it, like, with confidence, man. Like, they go out there, like, they... I have a hard time, like, seeing it because I can't lie like that. I could never, ever, ever do that. You know, like, just stand up there and just tell bullshit like that. Well, I think
2: a lot of them fucking believe it. That's the problem.
0: Dude, how can you believe? They don't even... I guess they didn't even have deals going. They were literally just (laughs) raising money from people and then just paying other people, like, returns with new money that they raised. That's a a Ponzi scheme. That's a Ponzi scheme. So, like... It's not like they. How can you believe it? There was there was no like, real estate being had, right, you know. Right. So they're literally just phonies going out there. I so I have a hard time like believing that's even possible to do because like I I literally couldn't even imagine doing that. So it's hard to see the bad in people or the bad like intentions when you you don't even have a fiber of that own thought in your own body. Right. So it's hard to see that, but you have to have skepticism when you're looking at right everything, and it's not. And don't be uh, afraid of being, like, offensive when you want to have, like, your lawyer look at something and you look into it deeper and negotiate, you know, protections for yourself. If you are going to make this type of investment, always protect yourself. Doesn't matter what. Because when shit hits the fan, that protection is all you have. That whatever that – if you didn't read that contract and that contract wasn't right and then you bring it to a lawyer after, he's going to look at you like you're a fucking idiot. Right. How did you sign this thing? But right. at the time, you were like, oh, this guy's the man. He's my boy. Like, yeah, you don't want to offend him. I don't him. want to no, offend I, him. I don't want to push back too it's hard. It's a relationship. It's a relationship. That's bullshit. You know, that dude.
2: relationship will be better at the end of the day because if you're showing up with your attorney in a fucking bulletproof right, bulletproof letter, they're, that person's going to respect you. They might be a little annoyed, but they're going to respect you more as a business person at the end of the day. Exactly. Maybe not in that moment, but in the long run, they will.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And, and guess what? When, when shit does hit the fan, you have protections because when things get ugly... All that stuff goes out the window in a fucking blink of an eye. And
2: we've done plenty of those investments. Like the first, you know, as soon as you start making money, you think, okay, where are we going to invest our money, right? Right. Like how can we duplicate this money fast, right? Right. In addition to what, you know, we're still cash flowing and reinvesting into businesses, but we've made a ton of bad deals. I think we should talk about a couple.
1: I mean, which one?
0: I mean, you know. Which I don't know about individually, but like I think we just kind of laid out like yeah. the 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 turn like the 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 issues with them, you know. But all of them, the ones that did go bad, we didn't have the proper protections in place. Yeah, we
1: didn't have the proper L- lawyer.
0: We didn't have the proper attorney r- r- uh, looking at stuff at the time, like to put the proper protections in place. And if you can't get the type of protections that you need, back out. Don't do it. Right. You're much, much better not to do the deal than to do a deal and not have those protections in place. Yeah,
1: like one of the developers that we were funding out of state, like what really pushed us over to do that deal is I had a friend, a very close friend, and he's still a great friend, referred us to the deal, and he was doing it for seven years. Yeah. Not one issue. They had somebody paid a private investigator to look at this guy's background for months all these other people did all this background, all this research, couldn't find a fucking thing on this guy. Yeah. Then yeah, COVID, COVID happens. Yeah, so was a, that, that one's one. a little tough it because good, we had a, a good, good run
0: too for a while with it and then COVID shit hit the fan. But the reason shit hit the fan is because the, the returns were too big for everybody. So when shit did hit the fan, he was over leveraged and there was nothing he could do to get out of it. So I remember dad kept saying like, that's going to fall apart soon it doesn't matter when. It, it's a it's a fact it's like a, it's like one plus one is two Overinflated balloon yeah. yeah exactly he's 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 overpaying uh returns to people there's no possible way that he's able to Sustain. keep that going forever if there's any type of bump in the road it's going to come crashing down and then covid was that bump in the road and it did come crashing down yeah and he was over levered he owed way too many people way too much money and lawsuits start coming and then boom and next thing you know like you're fucking
1: tied up in court you know um and and your money's tied up so but that one was tough because again seven years people so close to him knew everything about this guy private investigators all this stuff
0: you know where we fucked up is that uh, with that one we kept doubling down more and more and more and more every time instead of just playing with a certain amount and being disciplined and taking your principal back and then just playing with the interest the whole way, playing right. with house money. We kept it's okay, shiny coin. okay, we get we put 50 in, we got 100 back, put the whole 100 back in. The 100 came back. You know, now it's 200, you put the whole 200 back. Instead of being disciplined in staying with like a right. okay, you're only playing with 50 every time, you know? Right. Let's now and let's just you're play taking with taking money, money. money off, yeah, money off the right. table. I got a right And then by the time when COVID hit, we were doubled up everywhere because we were fucking riding high. Next thing you know, fucking we got destroyed because the bump in the road did come. Yeah. So again, it's being disciplined. Right. You know, and that's hard to do when you're getting returns for a while. It's like, you're like, this is unbelievable. It's been working. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you got to be disciplined.
1: The other one, the mistake that we made about the operator of the company was we trusted the referrals. So the referrals that we got were from people that at the time I like admired. You know, guys like, you know, there's guys one? like.
0: What deal are you talking about?
1: The guy who was arrested. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah, I think his intentions were good in the beginning. I don't know. He spun himself I into know. a pretzel. What do you mean, dude? tan
1: Oh yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: So yeah, that one like we were so hard vetting it in the beginning. Yeah. And we called all these references, all the people that were doing his stuff, and my fault was I trusted. Like, I admired the people that
2: made
0: the connection
1: made the connection, and the references that I was getting. Mm-hmm. I was like, there's no way this guy would do business with this guy if he was a scumbag.
0: Well, we also looked into him, too. Like, we went to his office and saw, like, employees. Going, his going back in time, I think all those people were props in the office.
1: <laughs> I know. <laughs>
0: no. I really.
1: <laughs> probably.
2: I really they think were they were great, just props. They were great, great people
1: because we were like, okay, if you don't trust this guy, let's, let's, Let's judge his staff. Right. And his staff was excellent. Right. Or the three people we were dealing with, at least.
0: Yeah. Then afterwards, though, when shit the fan, they told me, like, oh, no, all your stuff was outsourced to India, India and, and all this shit, stuff. Yeah. And, 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 and he's been not paying them. And that's why this is happening, you know. Hmm. And that's why your website's fucking falling apart because he had a, a hack do it. He charged you 75 grand or whatever the hell it was. And he only paid them, like, Ten. two grand. You like know? a
1: sub-job, yeah. And
0: uh, and then those people aren't doing... He's not even paying them the two that he promised them. And, you know, and then, again, it goes back to the ethics of the people that you're working with, you know?
1: But with him, it would always sounded and felt sketchy. Anyone who did business with that guy said the same thing. Yeah. Like, it's like he does, and he does, and he's around, and he's in Dubai, and it all makes sense. Like, it all looks okay, but there's something off. And we should we just should have took that something's off as... Okay, let's walk away. Find someone else. Yeah. It's the
2: people that talk too good, the people you need to worry about is the ones that talk a beautiful game. Yeah, yeah. It's like the good interview situation. Yeah, like a too good of an interview. Stop and see what the fuck's going on with this guy. Okay, you're too yeah. good at. Why yeah. are you so good right. at being? If, an if you're that interview? good at talking, you have a lot of problems mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. delivering or, or doing any, doing anything
3: else. Yeah, You've been crazy. in too many interviews. I was listening to Andy Frisella say something about like famous people, and he's like, and it was like a podcast. He was like. He's like, you don't even want to meet the famous people. He's like, I know the famous entrepreneurs, the business people, the actors. I've been around them, and they have the most problems. They're, like, the most fucked up out of, like, the regular people. And that's, like, why he says he doesn't, doesn't hang out with any of them. Just yeah. because, like, they're the, the They're craziest. the most
0: messed up. Dude, it's crazy how people put on a show for the camera.
2: Oof, nowadays, it's freaking out of control. Dude, show. crazy.
0: I was, I just went to Miami, and, you know, the people I was with, are all real people. Okay, I'll say that 100%. Right? Yeah. Like, all real what you see is what it is, yeah. you know? But I observed a lot of other people, and, like, crazy, dude. Like, they put on, like, you see just people in the corner, like, putting the camera on and then starting. Like, they just flip a switch. Like, they're all actors, you know? <laughs> and, like, Miami is, like, the capital of the world of that shit. It's I'm all about up. fucking flash and bullshit, you know? Yeah. And there's so many fakes down there, you know? It's crazy. Like, so you...
1: I just don't know how they live. Like, you can't fake living in Miami.
0: No, but dude, what they do is that they put on that show so they can get money from their followers in one way or another, whether it's a a program or, or something Coaching, that they're selling. Blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? And then they, they make their money to live their lifestyle. But if behind behind that facade, there's nothing else. It's just that facade. You know, it's not, they don't have investments. They're not like, you know, they don't have like money saved. They don't, they're not real people. They don't do real business. They just have this facade yeah. and every dollar they make from the, their followers, they're just reinvesting into their lifestyle to sh- to continue to put on the show. You know, again, the people I'm with down there are real. I'm telling you, whatever you see is what it is. But yeah. I'm telling I observed a lot. Every time I go down there, it's like shocking.
1: I, yeah. I have right now, I think I've gotten, we've gone fucked so much. I got a nose for the football. Like I, I, I don't think you will can-
0: see dude, because it, once we get through this storm mm-hmm. that we're in right now with all this bullshit that we're going, that's going on everywhere, we are going to be disciplined as fuck moving forward. Yeah. We're, we're not going to follow shiny coins. We're not going to, we're not going to go in business with people that we don't fully trust. We're going to take our advice and it's going to be black and white with everything. Yeah. You know, here's another advice when you're in a bad deal, the minute you see a shaky ground in like what is they say they're supposed to do and it's not being done, immediately send a lawyer. No, yeah. if you're already invested, immediately send somebody after them. You know, don't wait, play it slow, play nice. No, there is no nice. It's right. Hard go and right heavy
1: to early before everyone else does. Yeah, like you might as well be the be the squeaky wheel early, like because the squeaky wheels get they get their money first. They get the oil. Every time I've seen, and anytime there's a squeaky wheel in the beginning, they're fucking the first ones out, and we're always sitting there like, "Fuck, we should have been." Th- we should exactly, that.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
2: We've learned a lot of lessons. We've done a lot of different shit in the last we lost three lost a lot years. Of fucking though. money, yeah.
1: dude. Yeah. Lost a lot of money. Yeah, I lot.
2: mean, it's all a lesson, you know.
1: Yep. It's expensive. I don't, the fact that expensive we're still cost. fucking expensive lesson. The fact that we lost those and and now are and still good. Yeah, it's more impressive we shoot, than, like, anything Shoot or else. shoot,
2: baby. We're freaking...
0: That's it. It's always darkest before the dawn.
3: <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. It's cash flow and fucking rock and roll. Exactly.
2: Yeah. When you're cash flowing, you can fucking shoot.
3: Right. Yeah, exactly. I got a question, too, following up that. You said... You just talked about, like, broadly, but you said deals. What is your opinion on, like, the focus when it comes to deals? Like, sp- uh, picking certain industries or investments? Like, where does that come into play? That's so like the guardrail
1: the, theory.
0: The things that we've just been talking about are anywhere from real estate development deals, Forex. Um, Forex. Lending. Uh, you know, hard money lending, um, you know, out-of-state real estate projects. Um, what are some other ones? Fucking marijuana. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Marijuana facility. Yeah. Um, you know, so there, there's a there's a bunch of different things that come, they start, they start coming to you. Once people know that you're in the game, deals start coming to you and then you have to be able to vet them, you know? Um, so what, what I would go into from now on is only with developers that you know are legit and that you know have a good financial backing and that you know have a track record of success.
1: Experience, yeah.
0: Right, or get into a... A fund where they're vetting everything properly and you're protected under that their umbrella. Right. A
1: lot of it has to do with the paperwork.
0: Oh, dude, it's everything. Get a good lawyer. Get a good lawyer. Yeah. That's all I got to say.
1: Yeah, if you're going to get in the game, get a good lawyer.
0: Yeah.
3: What else? Question three. Yeah. Okay. A lot of people are saying we're going into recession. How are you guys preparing? Mm.
1: Plug your holes and dot your fucking eyes and cross your T's. I, I think savings say, is a big thing this
0: year. It you know depends like what position you're in. If you're a business owner, I would say the first thing you want to do starting right now, which is something that we've started doing, is really understanding your costs. Your cost for labor, your cost of goods, your, your operational cost. Once you know your cost, then you can start making decisions. you got to really, really understand what the expensive things are that you're doing, where the waste is. Once you start knowing your cost, you can start trimming fat, start trimming waste, you know? Um, and you know, so that's like number one, once you know that, then you can start making decisions in addition to cutting costs because you don't want to turtle necessarily. Right.
2: You're still trying to grow.
0: You're, you're trying to grow, but you need to know your costs before you start the process to go grow. So you know where to, where to invest or, or where to push, you know? Um, so in recessions is where a lot of people, you know where like a lot of millionaires or are, are like people really take to the next level is when because ninety percent of people put their head in the shell and just turtle up and wait for the recession to end, but you want to fucking push during the recession. You know you want to you want to stick out you know from the crowd. You know so know your cost, know where to push. Also, you're gonna start thinking in, innovatively, right? Where is consumer behavior looking, right? Is it low cost providing products? Like look at look at your product lines, look at your services, and see what can I do to help people in this time, right? Where can I provide extra value for for customers? Cause because during a recession, people are still spending money, but they're value hunting, right? Mm-hmm. So you need to be able to over provide value for the same cost. So if you can get your cost tight, it allows you to over-deliver for the customer at a, at a cheaper rate or at a, at a, at a more valuable, at a more valuable price, you know? So you get your cost tight and over deliver to your products, yeah, to I your like consumers. That. I
2: think, I think multiple streams of revenue is important too. Yeah. So if one, you know, direct to consumer might take a shot this year or yeah. for a few months or whatever it is, you might have another lever, whether it's wholesale or, you know, whatever it is, value packages, that kind of thing that might grow during a recession. Right. You know, but if all your eggs are in one basket, that's when you have a
0: problem. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And again, it depends on what industry you're in. You know, if you're in real estate, you know, it might be, you know, understand your, you know, where the market is right now and get your pricing to today's, uh, the market doesn't lie. So wherever the market is right now, you got to get to today's pricing. Stop looking back.
2: Right. And good investors to like the previous point, like who are you going to give your money to? if You give your money to a savvy investor, a developer that's been doing it and they've seen what a recession looks like, right? They're preparing for that, exactly. So, you that doesn't mean you're going to lose money because it's a recession. Those people already have those numbers factored in, they have that a, an additional exit plan, um, that kind of thing. Like, they're not going to lose, they're in you know, they're savvy in exactly. their space,
0: exactly. And if you handle yourself right during recession, whether it's a company you're marketing or real estate that you're investing in, or you can really come out the other side better off than you are because there's going to be deals to be 100%. had. Hundred Our
2: biggest growth came during COVID. Right. That's when we picked up. Uh, we picked up another restaurant. Nutre exploded.
0: Yeah, the restaurants really started doing. Yeah, better. we, we got out. a couple.
2: We got a couple of good real
0: estate deals. Master takeout.
2: Yeah, we we really developed an unbelievable takeout and catering. Yeah. Uh, program. Yeah. You just can't be afraid. You got to double down and just pay attention. I think, like you said, I think consumer behavior is huge.
0: Exactly. It's not like you know a recession. A recession isn't just like everything crashes overnight necessarily. Right. It 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 it's happened. right now. In my opinion, it's happening right now. It's not like it has been. It's coming. It's here. This is this is what it looks like. You know, like people's credit cards are fucking maxed out. Everything's really expensive. People are starting to change their spending habits. You can see it. We have a pretty good idea like of the macro economy just because we service so many people, right so we can see in our companies like how and you can see between all of our businesses they all kind of they' they're riding the same waves yeah. you know? so you can see consumer behavior and how it's changing uh, you know like this year versus the same time last year. so it's happening right now so it's not like this when you hear like oh the word recession what recession actually means like in the term that the like the media uses it? Is a negative growth in GDP for the for the con- for the country, yeah. right? Um, but I look at it like it's what's going on around you, like in, in in the economy, like what's consumer behavior looking like, what's spending looking like, and that shit is, is changing. It's not like everyone just stays in their house and never buys anything ever again. People right. still need to live. People are still working. The good news right now is that every the unemployment is super low.
1: Yeah. Do you want to know my opinion on that? speak on on, the, on the unemployment.
0: Yeah, go ahead. I was mid word, but go ahead. go ahead. I think that
1: Amazon, Uber, and like DoorDash save the is saving and save the entire country. Yes,
0: you if, heard that at the at the mastermind, right? I heard no. no? You just came up with that?
1: Yeah. Well, mastermind. Okay. It's
0: questionable. That's questionable.
1: Well, mastermind.
0: No, no, it's fine. I wasn't there. No, no, it's good. It's, it's good. fine.
1: The reason I think that is because if it wasn't for the side income that you can pr- that you can produce yeah, if you're willing to, you're right? It's a good point. You would be fucked. Like the country would be fucked. Well, Everyone's that- living on that secondary, like five to a thousand a month mm-hmm. to co- or five hundred to a thousand a week or a month, whatever, to combat the inflation. Because if they didn't have that, it would just be.
0: Well, that's a prof- that's profound because that's that's what I think is also true. Like so, right now, unemployment is super super low. And it, in 2008 or whatever, like 2008 to 2010, when things were really bad, like the the Great Recession, unemployment skyrocketed, right? So that that was the core. I mean, there was a bunch of uh, things that happened in real estate and it all that stuff we get into, but a big issue was not people weren't working. You can get you can hire anybody at any time to do anything. Right now, there's such a, a, a low unemployment rate. There's a pent up demand for for like skilled labor and stuff like that so people are still working and making money but even if people do start getting laid off right now there is uber in those side hustle things that can keep people going so they don't lose their houses and all that stuff that could really right. like snowballs everything's
2: just so too think about expensive. how
1: much shit you can do in this country in to make end, Money it, it, shoveling fucking putting up somebody's lights uh cleaning somebody's mm. backyard blowing the leaves like there's so much shit yeah you could do Cool.
0: you want to know another thing that I think this recession is going to be way different than the last one is I read a stat somewhere like 80 percent of homeowners in America have interest interest 2. rates 7%. less than four
1: yeah
0: right so people are locked in to good interest rates right now yeah. so they're locked into like a, a payment that's that's reasonable, reasonable yeah. you know so if you can find a way to work and make ends meet and keep your house that is a big difference between this recession that's coming in the last one, the, what's fucking happening right now is that things are so expensive, you know, that people just are disgusted with how expensive everything is that they just don't want to spend right. I think the biggest thing the that's going to
1: happen in our generation is you're not going to see homeowners under the age of 30 anymore. Like there's, that's gone.
0: Well, dude, that's what they're doing right now by raising the rates is having the, the opposite effect of what they wanted to happen. What they, the reason they wanted to raise the rates was to decrease inflation, which they can say whatever they want. Oh, like the in, in inflation has like gone down or stabilized. Dude, everything is still very, very, very expensive. Nothing has come down because the cost of labor went up so much, so right. drastically. You right. can't reduce the cost of labor right. as, after it goes up. Right.
2: The cost of goods came down. The little. cost
0: of some goods come down, but not fucking labor. Once right. someone makes $30 an hour, you can't bring them back down to 22 Right. You know, like they're, they are there. And then now they, you know, their the rent has gone up, everything like that but with these interest rates what it's done by by going up on the rates so much is that it made it forced people that wanted to sell their homes not to sell their homes because they don't want to sell their 3% interest rate yeah. to get into 8% somewhere else which decreased which is decreasing inventory. inventory and making it so that all these people who are in their mid 20s and early 30s and all that stuff who are like ready to buy homes There's nothing for them to buy. And anything they do want to buy is unaffordable because of these fucking rates. So they wanted to help uh, make houses more affordable by doing this. It had the exact opposite uh, uh, reaction. And And then once the rates do go down, there's such a pent-up demand for people that need to buy. The minute the rates start creeping down a little bit, you're going to see... So many houses hit the market, and they are just going to be a bidding wars on bidding wars for so many people to buy. The
2: only way to prevent that from happening is a mass explosion of inventory.
0: Well, which could happen, too, because there is also going to be a pent-up demand of people who have been waiting to sell that haven't. Right. You know? I don't think that's enough people. But
1: I don't think it's enough. The scary part about this whole thing is America is going to turn to a a renter's market. A a nation of renters. A nation of renters, which is a problem. If you look back, like when mom bought a house, right? Let's say mom bought a house in the '90s. Let's say the average house was like two hundred grand. Like you say, oh well, yeah, but their 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 income was less. It's not even comparable into perspective to buy like a million dollar house and the average like salaries here is like fifty grand. Back then, it was like the average salary was like thirty five grand, but their houses were like two hundred fifty. So you see what I'm saying? The pers- their, the difference in income well, to home value yeah. was way less. Damn. Yeah, and than the it cost of
0: living, dude, was way less. Dude, the cost of living right now, and I. You know, ne- before they didn't have Netflix, Disney Plus, fucking Hulu, um, you know, your cell phone bill, Me all tuned, these uh, internet internet bills, all just those things I just named were things that weren't here like 10 years ago. And right there is like 300 bucks a month, right? Just on top of what like a, a, an average family needs to do. And you can't not have a cell phone. You can't not have internet, right. you know? Dude, Comcast charges like $100 a month just for fucking internet, right. you know? Um, you know, your a family plan for a cell phone bill is like 200 bucks a month or something like that. Yeah. Healthcare. Forget about it. Yeah, dude. Health. Like, yeah. Your cost for insurance. I mean, every dude, you need to make like 300 grand a year. Just Guess to, how much.
1: I pay for insurance. I checked yesterday.
0: What for a family? I
1: lost it. For a no, family my, plan? No, my personal car. Oh, I lost it. I called uh, Eric. I said, I need a new plan.
0: $800 a month. Up. Well, dude, you. Okay.
1: $9,700 a year.
0: Okay, but let's preface this by saying, what's your what? How many accidents have you been in? And how many tickets? Have accidents, you Accidents,
1: not many, at all. Maybe one. You
0: you were you were averaging a, a ticket <laughs> no, a week.
1: No, ticket was a problem. How many texting and driving?
0: Some there, there was a 90, there was a point in time where you were getting pulled over by the same cop on the same fuck street. That guy. Self-inflicted Redding, so, Yeah, being on your phone. Not he just kept Sunday. giving you tickets. Like, dude, when are you gonna look at the road?
1: <laughs> time out. <laughs> so I don't feel bad at all. Ninety-eight hundred a year, dude. That's not That's even a bad. Fucking you, car you're, payment.
0: Uninsurable, a you're uninsurable, dude. You're uninsurable. That's a
1: fucking car payment.
0: I know, but that you deserve that. You know how much mine is. No, no way. It's You're a there. hazard on the road. Yeah. Mine is. You know how much my insurance is Five. for for me and in my uh, wife. Like you know, two of like, two cars. You know, nice cars. Uh, two hundred and twenty dollars a month. Yeah, mine too. That's what a fucking That's good fantastic. driver gets. I know, but you, my friend, are a scumbag. Uh huh. Forex that. Yeah, the the but that's how, that is a bad example. Yes, the cost of insurance <laughs> has gone up and, <laughs> terrible, but you, my friend, deserve
1: it. No, that's fucking
0: You hard. are a hazard. You, you are it. underwritten.
1: Fucking seven years ago, I got a ticket, so I got a fucking I'm pay sur- for right I'm now. I'm
0: surprised they didn't, they didn't cut your insurance completely. Did you have to go to <laughs> that, like, route. re-driving school to, like, get your- Twice. L- <laughs>
1: oh, it's okay. tough. It's Everyone tough. does that fucking class. I've never done that class, dude. No, I've never done
0: that. Yeah? That's well, not, no. Dude, I've had my license for how many years? Like 15, no. 15. No, 20, 20 something, 22 years. I've never been into an accident, knock on wood.
3: And I'm I've never. Mitsubishi.
0: Huh? Dad totaled my Mitsubishi. Oh. <laughs> I, I went like to lunch and I just, I just see my car in a fucking tow truck being towed out. I'm like, what happened? I called dad. He's like, yeah, I crashed the car.
1: <laughs> no, I've only yeah. been in one action It wasn't my fault. And I, I, got and I don't think I've even granted. ever
0: gotten a ticket. I'm a I'm a pristine driver, ladies and gentlemen. Great driver. You're all, you're all I also had a gun
1: pulled on me. A police a a, a a police officer pulled me out of the car, guns drawn, gun to head. Pulled me out of the window. Put me on the car. Why? You don't remember that?
0: I'm texting that bad? Yeah, because that. you were texting that hard. No.
1: <laughs> in college, my buddy Charlie Bates left a fucking airsoft gun. In my uh, glove compartment, this guy pulled me over for tinted windows. I don't forget what the fuck it was. Pulled it down. He goes, "License registration? Where's my registration?" Oh god, here's my in gun. in the glove box. Here's my gun. I I undo the glove box. The guy sees it. Guns drawn. Gun, gun. to head. Pulled me out of the window. Okay, onto the ground in the middle of uh, uh the Medford the Medford roundabout. Wow. Uh, Gone to head outside of the car now, arrested. Okay, and this guy is screaming at me. Were you mm. shit faced? No, Definitely. it was like two p.m. during mm-hmm. the middle PM. of the day. I said, "What?" I said, "What's going on, sir?" He was like, "Do you have a gun?" And I said, "No, no, it's an air, it's an airsoft gun." My friend put it there. Like, I'm so sorry. Mm. And then he got so pissed, he put me in the back of the car. He took all the shit of my car, emptied it all out. Like in my car seat, there was like pill bottles, like my Adderall, my like whatever medicate. He just poured it all on the seats, let me go, and that was it. Wow. He said I could have killed you. I was gonna kill you. I should have killed you. I was I was so close. I should have killed you. He's like I was so close to killing you. I was so close to pulling the the trigger. He's like, what if that was? He's like, my life was online. I was gonna kill you. I was gonna pull the trigger. Could have shot me in the leg, buddy. (laughs) Jesus Christ, buddy! Gonna put a gun to my head? I'm fucking eighteen.
0: Well you probably deserved it. Did you have that? Oh, never mind. Yeah,
1: I had a I had a uh I had the Mazda. That's
0: yeah. Moral okay. of the story, don't carry fake guns in your car. No, That's crazy.
3: Not the move. Yeah. So I forget what even the what was it we were you even talking about? The recession. Oh yeah. It's all fair. Yeah.
0: So prepare yourself. You know, get your costs in line. Start thinking about different revenue streams. Start thinking about how to over deliver for your customers over the next few years. And and that when you come out of it on the other side, you're going to be better off than when you went in. Yeah. That's a fact. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be scared. You just got to deal with it head on. Period. Yeah. Is that it? That's all it. right. That's it for today. Let's go. Till next time.